You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. A recent study out of the University of Canterbury has found microplastics in Antarctic snow for the first time. Recently, microplastics seem to be popping up everywhere, in food, fish, and even in human blood, the effects of which are still yet to be fully understood. The study found plastics at an average concentration of 29 particles per litre of melted snow, a concentration higher than that found in the ocean on the sites surrounding Ross Island where the samples were collected. Concentrations of microplastics were highest near, Anta- uh, near research bases in Antarctica, such as McMurdo and Scott Base. The origins of these plastics are still yet to be determined. I'm joined on the phone now by Alex Aves, University of Canterbury PhD student whose research found these microplastics in Antarctica. Morena Alex, it's great to have you on the phone. Morena, Quentin, how are you going? I'm brilliant, how are you? Yeah, excellent, thank you. Uh, So can you tell me, did the findings of these microplastics surprise you? Yeah, they definitely did. I think when we were going into the study initially, we thought that there would be samples from those remote areas that we were sampling from that definitely wouldn't have anything in them, um, especially because no one had looked at this kind of fresh snow before in the area. So we thought we would maybe find some in the sites closer to base from that local pollution, but those further away sites was really surprising, especially, like you said at the start there, we, they, when we compared them to other studies in the area, in the marine environment, they were higher than some of those con- concentrations. They definitely were still lower than those reported in Arctic snow, uh, but it was definitely a surprising find for sure. And so what does the findings of these microplastics mean for the health of the environment in Antarctica? Yeah, so the Antarctic is obviously kind of a place that's seen as quite an untouched environment. Uh, there is obviously in the areas that there are bases, there's quite densely populated uh, areas near those bases because it is the only place that people can go and work from because of the harsh environment. But it does kind of uh, mean that when they get into the environment down there, it's as it is an indicator area, they they basically will disrupt that normal ecosystem processes that you see down in the Antarctic. So organisms down there have evolved over many millions of years for these unique environments. And so as soon as you add a pollutant like microplastics in there, it does have the potential to disrupt those processes. And we do know that microplastics can have harmful impacts on organisms. They can uh, enter the digestive systems, which can then stop them from uh, feeding and things like that. We know that there's even negative health effects for humans as well. And so what steps would then need to be taken to prevent microplastics from making their way into the snow down in Antarctica? So I think the the biggest thing is obviously just our initial plastic production. Um, So that's kind of very global level solution. But if we can actually limit our production of plastics, then we can limit the pollution that ends up in the environment, which normally leads to the degradation of larger plastics and then therefore these microplastics that we're kind of finding in the air and in these snow samples. So that kind of higher level, uh, yeah, global co- cooperation to actually change our use of plastics around the world is really essential. There's obviously things we can do at all levels. So as individual, just stopping our, limiting our use as much as possible of single-use plastics is a really good place to start. Um, and then obviously in the Antarctic, the most of the Antarctic national Antarctic programs are quite well aware of the inputs they have into the environment and do work quite closely uh, with waste management practices, but actually just yeah, continuing these processes and trying to 
figure out ways we can really limit our plastic use and consumption to limit that pollution is important. And so the plastics found in the snow down in Antarctica, could they increase the rate of snow melt down there or kind of just what relation do they have to climate change? Yeah, so I guess initially there is this whole point that plastic production in itself literally relies on oil and gas, which can directly lead and contribute to climate change. So that's kind of a big thing. But then what we know of microplastics um, in the air, there is emerging research on this. And at that global scale, they, they do have the potential to actually influence the climate by accelerating melting of snow and ice just because of the properties they have, those kind of optical properties. And we do also know from research that my supervisor, Laura, did, who's also an author on this paper last year, she looked at the influence they have to interact with light in the atmosphere, these little microplastic particles. And so they're able to scatter and absorb other light in the atmosphere, and then that can actually influence the temperature of Earth. And the other thing that we kind of have some basic info on is also the their potential to actually influence, interfere with cloud formation processes, which, again, can have those global effects on the climate too. And so these plastics that were found in the fresh snow, um, your research said it could have come from both in the air and from people. Which do you think is more likely, or is it some combination of the two? Yeah, so we definitely kind of conclude in our paper it, uh, we, ha- we can't single out either. So it is a combination of those two it is quite likely that those local sources do play more of a role just because we did go and analyse kind of some of the um, the gear that's actually used down in Antarctica by some of the programs and there is similarities between the compositions we found in our samples and those clothing fibres and things like that. And obviously it is quite, like I said before, there's this quite strong influence just because everyone is in a one area. So that definitely plays a role. Uh, the long-range influence is something that, yeah, we're still trying to figure out how far these plastics can actually move and how far they are travelling. But our models that we did to actually look at the airflows for this study showed that they could have come from anywhere over 6,000 kilometres away, uh, which would have sh- mainly, that's from over the Southern Ocean. So there is this idea that they can be picked up out of the ocean, uh, transferred through the air through the air and then deposited in snowfall. So both options we know, are, yeah, probably do play a role. And finally, Alex, what are the next steps for this research? Yeah, so there's still a lot of unknowns. We still are lacking these observational studies to actually know these general concentrations around the world in air, for airborne microplastics. So more field studies is quite important just so we are able to use those in future models to actually look at these wider climatic effects. Uh, We also still don't quite know the health effects and the actual extent of that. We know that there are negative things that um, happen from the ingestion of microplastics, and we know that they're not good for humans either, but we don't really know how much of a role they are playing in that negative health effects as well. So looking at that is quite important, and especially on remote regions like Antarctica, it obviously can be um, quite sensitive to these changes, so furthering our understanding in the Antarctic and remote areas is also important. Excellent. When will you next get to go down to the ice to take more samples? Um, there's nothing planned quite yet, but maybe, yeah, maybe sometime over the next couple of seasons. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.